Welcome to an NHL trade deadline special here on Duck Stream. Brian Hayward and general manager of the Anaheim Ducks, Pat Verbeek, alongside me, Alexis Downey. Pat, let's first start off the top what your general thoughts were with this trade deadline. Well, I th- overall, I think it was a crazy one. There was um, a lot of prices, a lot of high prices, a lot of uh, a lot of movement. Probably more than I've ever seen for you know since being doing this on on the management side. You know, with all the teams that I work with, so it's been it's, it's been crazy. Pat, let's let's get right to the players that are leaving the Ducks. Um, you know, Klingberg and Kulikov were held out last game, so everyone was kind of expecting that that they would be moved. Can you shed a little insight into those deals, uh, what we're getting back in return? Let's start with Kulikov. Okay, so we traded today, uh, actually this morning, we traded um, Dmitry Kulikov to Pittsburgh uh, for a third-round pick and Brock McGinn. Um, Brock's the kind of player that I've um, been looking to kind of get in and on our team, he plays a gritty style, a hardworking gritty style that can kind of produce offense. So I'm kind of, um, um, I'm happy that we, we he was put in the deal that we could take, and, and he's signed for a couple more years. So it, it's kind of a it's a good fit for where we are uh, in our, um, you know, in in our process. Both Kulikov and Klingberg were, you know, players that were unrestricted free agents signed to one year deals. They come in, and you were able to move them at the deadline. Um, the Klingberg deal went right down to the wire and uh, was announced actually after 12 noon when we got the report uh, after the deadline. Can you shed a little light onto that process, what you went through, and of course, who we got in return? Well, that that one went down to 11.58 our time, which <laughs> is, I guess, 2.58. That We got it in that with the league. You have to get the email in with the league. And so we got it in. We got confirmation from both teams and the league at... <laughs> It's uh, 2.58 Eastern time. So that was um, a lot of where that one was going. Probably it took, we were haggling, um, you know, probably in the, for the last hour over um, how we were looking at two or three different scenarios. And so in the end, we ended up just going with uh, trading uh, Klingberg for a fourth round pick in 2025. We ended up getting the rights to Nikita Nestorenko, who's playing at uh, Boston College. And we ended up, uh, since we uh, shipped out two defensemen, we needed to get a defenseman back, and Andre Schuster will be coming back in the deal again. So I'm very familiar with Andre Schuster. We had him in Tampa, and he's a great kid and, and uh, you know, a nice hockey player. So he, he'll fit in well. So Schuster and McGinn will both report to the Ducks. Uh, correct. Yes. Got it. Yes, they will. They will both come to the Ducks for sure. Yep. When you look at Nikita Nestorenko, what are some of the things that stand out about him? Well, the the thing I like about him, there's a, there's a lot of things I like about him. Um, he's 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 six foot two. Um, he's a he's a very good skater, and uh, he has good skill. Um, the thing that uh, he's added into his game that he hadn't had a couple of years prior is he's kind of he's he's competing harder and he's getting to the dirty areas of the ice to score goals and um and watching him over the last you know i've watched him at the bean pot and i probably seen, seen him play a couple times this year that's the part that's really changed for me and so uh we started watching him um 
pretty good. Like we've had uh, uh, one of our college scouts watching him well all year, and he's kind of he's kind of taken a real good liking to him. And you know, with you know Nestorenko uh, improving his game overall from where he started in college to where he is now, we're 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 excited to get the player. Just in in general terms, uh, there was a lot of talent. It seemed leaving the Western Conference and going to a bunch of Eastern Conference clubs that were kind of loading up. A lot of teams that think they're in the hunt. Yep. Um, it, it's, w- when you look at that from your perspective, that's got to be a healthy thing for the teams in the West, looking at the fact that a couple of big names have left here. Well, it, I think when you look at it, I think the West is wide open now. You know, I, I think uh, Edmonton probably improved themselves quite a bit. Um um, getting at home, um, he looks like a really good fit for their, you know, for their top four. So, you know, they made some, they made some improvements there. So it's, it, it really is now for me, it's wide open. Like you can look at Colorado, you can look at Vegas, you can look at Edmonton, like, you know, they're, they're all, you know, there's a couple other teams as well that, you know, could be, you know, they're all in the mix. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting West. And then, once you get to, you know, what if, if you get out of here, it doesn't matter. Like, there's going to be a lot of good teams, you know, that in the East, there's going to be two, three good teams not getting past the first round. Yeah. And so, so half the battle's over, you know, when, you know, if you do get to the final. So that's kind of why, you know, the West, if you get there, you got a good chance. Yeah. I, I want to talk, uh, you mentioned Nestorenko at BC. He's in his final year there. And there's another college player, uh, Jackson Lacombe, that you guys drafted. Uh, wondering if we might see uh, either one or both of those players in Anaheim or in San Diego. No, Nestorenko will be uh, he will be sent to San Diego. You know, we'll sign him to an ATO. Um, he'll he'll report there when his college season is over. Uh, from there, we'll. Uh, work on an NHL deal for uh, the following next season. He'll be signing an entry-level deal. Uh, Jackson Lacombe will be coming to the Anaheim Ducks when his season's over. But, you know, as he's playing for the number one ranked Gophers, um, we're not sure when that's going to be. So um, I think they'll, you know, based on their status, doesn't matter if they win the the Big Ten or not, but, you know, they'll get a, um, I guess a buy in, you know, or, you know, a bid to uh, play in, 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 at the regionals. And then, then, then it's up to them from there. It's all one game knockouts. So you've uh, assembled a ton of draft capital uh, for the next two drafts. I think you got six picks in each of the first two rounds mm-hmm. for the next two seasons. I, I know it, in the war room today, it was all about pro scouting, but your, your amateur scouts have been, have been handed a little bit of a gift, haven't they? Well, it, that's, you know, I, Kind of like to get as many darts as I can to throw at the board, so I get a chance to hit that bullseye. So anyway, so that's kind of, well, kind of the whole, you know, uh, what we're trying to do here. I think that uh, uh, yes, you know, it's going to be important. Like you know, you, when you start looking at the whole thing and how it's set up, both you know, you both uh, the pro scouting and amateur scouting, you know, contribute immensely. You know, and they they help each other. You know, in the sense, and so. Which which helps me be able to help the the big club. You know, at the end of the day, we want the big club to you know win championships. So um, we're you know, like I said, we're working through that process uh, to uh, you know build a lot of depth in the organization and give us as much uh, you know 
a long run as you can, you know, working towards, you know, a championship team. On that end this week as well, the team got a third round pick in 2024 for Henry Thrun from San Jose. Uh, what did you think about how that played out? Well, when Henry informed me uh, that he wasn't going to sign with us, uh, you know, we I worked with the agent. Um, we worked with, uh, you know, a few teams um, to try and, you know, uh, get a deal to where I could work it out to where, you know, he, he'll ultimately sign. So that's kind of how well we worked out with San Jose. And so I was very happy with the return that I got for Henry um, um, from San Jose. Pat, let's talk a little bit about what you already have in the pipeline in terms of drafted players. I, I know, I mean, we've seen the numbers on especially these young defensemen that are playing in, in you know, the Canadian Hockey League. There's a lot of kids that have had great years. And, and I know it's, it's difficult. I always hear this for defensemen. It's tough for them to come into the NHL as 20-year-olds or 21-year-olds. But wh where do you think Mitukov and Zellweger and Hines and some of these other kids that have had great seasons are at? And, and what are your expectations for them for the end of this year? Uh, my ex, well... Owen Zellweger is going to play in the Memorial Cup, so he won't be he won't have any chance to you know play in any part of the organization till then. So, um, and then Mentukov is he's he's on a first place team too, so it's hard to predict where he's going to end up. And uh, and Luno as well, he's on a very good team. The, all the, all these guys have chances to make deep runs in the playoffs with their teams. Um, you know those three players that I just mentioned. Uh, if they're not, if Olin's not close, but all three are basically close to leading their perspective leagues, um, in scoring. So we're very excited. And then we can even take Luna who he's actually leading his team in scoring. So we're very excited, you know, for those three players and the offensive ability that they're going to be able to add to the team. Um, but we have Tyson Hines, who's probably, he's leading the Quebec league in plus minus, um, we had Noah Warren, who, you know, really six foot five, our second rounder from that. We're excited for our defensive prospects. We have a lot of, um, you know, just now you mentioned Jackson Lacombe. Like we're excited, like for our prospects, you know, so uh, there's a, there's a, a really nice core of, you know, of setting up what I think would be a championship team on defense. So now it's just, it's just a matter of these kids getting stronger uh, developing, improving their skating skills, you know, uh, and getting stronger that, you know, that to me is, is going to be the, uh, the biggest, uh, thing that they need to improve on and, and forgive them a chance to be able to play in the NHL one day. It's going to be an unbelievable development camp this year, I would think with, with all those <laughs> yeah. kids coming in, seriously, it's going to yeah, be no, it's, so yeah. competitive amongst yeah. them because they're looking at the numbers and they're looking at oh, yeah. the resumes of the people yep. that they're going to be competing for jobs with it. It's going to be fun to watch. Well, the good thing, you know, when, when you, when you have competition, you push each other to get better and, you know, whether there's, you know, highly competition within positions, you know, within, you know, the team, it pushes everybody to raise their game. And, and that's only the best thing, you know, that's the best thing you, you, you want to have happen when, you know, everyone's pushing themselves to get better um, that, you know, just, is going to really help the Anaheim Ducks organization. Good luck with the rest of your day, Pat. Thank you for joining us on Duck Stream.
All right. You're welcome, guys. Take care. So, Hazy, we just finished up our conversation with Pat Verbeek, but it seems like it was a good trade deadline in his eyes, too. But what did you think about what Pat had to say? Well, I I think he looked relieved. Um, (laughs) You know, I think every Anaheim fan was was thinking about John Klingberg and the fact that, I mean, everybody knew he was being marketed. And uh, what were they going to get in return? And it came right down to the wire. So I, I'm I'm sure it was a l- relief once that deal had gone through and Pat, you know, told us that it was two minutes under the wire <laughs> before the emails were received by the NHL and the trade was approved. So um, everyone knew that we were going to get assets. I think everybody knew that John Klingberg's performance this season was less than expected. Mm-hmm. And so the haul was going to be less than I'm sure what the Ducks were hoping for when they signed John during the offseason. But the bottom line for me is this, is that uh, in the next two drafts, the Ducks have got six picks in the first two rounds. This is a rebuilding team, and he has now um, a lot of assets, including those young players that we have playing back in junior and in college that mm-hmm. look like they are great prospects that he can move around when the time is right to really make this team competitive again. Certainly a lot of trades on the minor end as well, too. But talking about Klingberg, I mean, now he goes back to the Central Division again, too. So a division he's familiar with. Well, I, I think I think the key for John was this. Like, he will be the first one to admit that he's been disappointed in his play this year. Um, I think Anaheim, I'm sure, pledged to him that they would try and get him to a team that had a chance mm-hmm. and the Minnesota Wild have a chance. So right. He's going to get an opportunity to to really have a great end of the season, maybe go on a long playoff run because you know, if you look at it from the player's perspective, he's an unrestricted free agent. This next 20 games and the playoffs for Klingberg is is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will determine what kind of a contract offer he gets during the offseason. So, um this is a fresh opportunity for him that I'm sure that he's very excited about. Absolutely. And also on that end, Kulikov, another name that yep. was traded this morning. And we the Ducks acquired Brock McGinn as a part of that, too. And it sounds like he will be a part of the Ducks when he gets to Anaheim. Brock McGinn is, uh, you know, I think of him, he's kind of like a uh, JVR uh, Van Riensdyk <laughs> type of player. He goes to the net. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of all the McGinn boys are, are very similar type players in that regard. And we had Jamie here for a while and he was a guy that would score from 10 feet, you know, and, and I don't think that Brock is any different. So he's a little bit bigger guy. He He's more of a net front presence. And when you think about the ducks and their skill players, um, you know, they, they've got, they've got, mm-hmm. but what they really lacked at times this year is a guy that gets to the net. Mm-hmm. And he could be that guy. He could be that guy. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for him. (laughs) And I mean, there's only a bit of the season left. I believe you said 45 days left with the season. So to see his development as he gets to Anaheim will be important, too, for fans to, you know, understand a little bit more about him. Well, he's a guy, you know, in Pittsburgh. uh, I mean, the Penguins were trying to create some cap space. They actually um, put him on waivers and sent him down to the minors for no other reason than to create cap space because they were looking at different types of ads at the deadline. Mm-hmm. And so, again, putting myself in the player's shoes, fresh opportunity with a team that is rebuilding. He's going to get more ice time, more chances here. 
very likely will be on one of the power play units, probably the second power play unit as soon as he gets into town. So, you know, a, a good chance for him to, again, kind of, you know, gain some momentum in his career. He's got two years left. Like he signed through next year mm -hmm. and the season after. And uh, I would expect that he will come here to Anaheim. His brother has been here. He'll be somewhat familiar with the area and he'll have an opportunity to kind of reestablish himself as a, as a, important player on a roster. Now, also, let's look at some of the other assets that were gained this week. The Ducks trading Henry Thrun to the San Jose Sharks for a 2024 third round pick. You know, for a guy that was a fourth round pick in the draft, it's certainly good to get in return a third round pick. Well, it's even better than that, uh, quite honestly, because uh, Anaheim fans still live with the pain of losing Justin Schultz to the Edmonton Oilers, a college player. If he's not signed by August 15th, you know, he could have become a, or he will become an unrestricted free agent again. He's told Anaheim, I don't know that he will tell San Jose the same thing. They're going to try desperately to sign him, um, that he wants to become a free agent. And then mm -hmm. he can kind of pick his team. The rules are different for drafted players that come out of college. And the bottom line for me is this, had they not flipped him at the deadline, the Ducks would have got nothing. And so in order to move him now to the Sharks and get a third round pick is a great move. And, and you know, Pat Verbeek said he, he was very thankful that Henry Thrun, Thrun was up front with him and said, I'm not going to sign with you guys. That gave him the opportunity to start shopping at least his rights around and to get a third round pick just for his rights, mm -hmm. not for a signed player, I think is a coup for the Ducks. One other thing that happened this week, the Ducks picked off up off waiver Scott Harrington. He's already played, made his debut. And I remember speaking with him in the locker room and he just said what a whirlwind it was. I mean, he was a part of the Timo Meyer trade and then placed on waivers and then picked up. And I'm sure that's tough on the mental aspect of these guys too, from their personal lives. I, I think, well, it is, I mean, it's changed and guys have families and they, you know, it's, it's especially the players that have families mm -hmm. and I'm not sure what Scott's situation is, but, it, but it is a stressful time, but, but it can, I, I mean, there are lots of players at the deadline that are hoping to get moved because they're unhappy with their current situation. They don't think they're being used properly. And, you know, if uh, Scott Harrington will come to Anaheim and he's essentially on a 20 game tryout, mm -hmm. you know, this is his opportunity to impress and say that he wants to be part of this team going forward next season. So, you know, it's a short window for him. He will knuckle down, bear down and really try and ingratiate himself with this management team here with the Ducks. What did you think of his play in his first game with the Ducks? You know, I. I Dallas Aiken said afterwards he thought he was solid, and, mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of the type of player that he is. There's not a lot of flash and dash. Uh, I'm sure what Pat Verbeek likes about him is that he's a bigger body. Mm -hmm. you know. And so one of the issues the Ducks have had this year is moving people out from in front of the net. This player has got a little bit more bulk to him. He can skate well enough, but, but his job really is to take care of business in front of the net, move that puck quick. He's, he's, he's kind of a basic stay-at-home type guy is not going to put up numbers, but Anaheim has players that can put up numbers. They don't need that. They need they need body movers in front of the goal crease, and I, I think uh, that's what Harrington needs to do the rest of the year to really make an impression. Well, you already mentioned it, but all of the draft stock that the Ducks have in yep. the next two drafts in particular, I mean, 12 picks in the first three rounds, 
fans have got to be excited for what's to come here in Anaheim, Anaheim, because I mean, having those opportunities in the next two years and then to grow those players. I mean, you have to be excited with that. I, I think everybody <laughs> is hopeful and excited, mm -hmm. right? We, we we're due to get a little bounce from the ping pong balls. Uh, the, the lottery has not been kind to us <laughs> in years past. So, you know, if they fall the right way, everybody will be uh, ecstatic. Um, but I think Pat Verbeek said it best. It, it gives him a few more darts to throw at that dartboard and, and for his amateur scouts to harvest some real gems moving forward. We have gems playing in the Canadian Junior League right now mm -hmm. that are going to be real good players, in, in my humble opinion. Um, now it's an opportunity to just get more of those types of players. And so I, I thought we had a great draft last year. Uh, hopeful that the Ducks will have a great one again this season. And if we get a little luck in the lottery, we could have just the best draft we've ever had. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> well, I know that some of that draft stock was picked up last season with last year's trade deadline. So when you, it's hard, you can't necessarily compare trade deadlines last year and this year, but they do seem a little different in the sense of how they both played out, but the ducks were active at least with both of them. Well, much different feeling though, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we moved out to cornerstone defensemen mm -hmm. at the trade deadline last year. This year we move out to depth, defenders who are you know getting on in years and uh whose best years are frankly behind them mm -hmm. and, and so it's a little bit different we're not losing I, I would say key pieces for the future we did last year or at least in the short-term future but um you know i i think the bottom line is this you just have to know where you're at in in kind of the evolution of a young team still very much in the rebuilding mode so the emphasis was on accumulating as many uh, draft picks that they can. It, it flips now from the pro scouts to our amateur scouts, and now they've been they've been handed this opportunity to change the makeup of this team under Pat's direction. He's going to mm -hmm. tell them this is what I want, and then it's it's they've done their work. And when it comes time for the draft, depending on where those ping pong balls fall, um, will determine what type of player we can get. We, we all have heard um, from multiple sources that this draft is on a par, might even be better than the draft where the Ducks got both Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff. Mm. That was a haul in mm -hmm. one draft. We're hoping for another haul <laughs> in, in this summer's draft. So going to be a busy summer. It's going to be a fascinating <laughs> summer for, for Ducks fans and for this franchise. And it's going to be interesting because the other thing that's happening here, and not that Pat's going to make big trades or bring in big name trades necessarily this summer, but the accumulation of all these assets from last year's draft and this year's draft is, is going to give him a lot of flexibility, something we have not had for a long, long time. Well, I know we were talking about it a little bit before, but just how it the NHL has changed and how many days you have left yeah. from when the trade deadline is to the end of the season. And from your perspective, I mean, going from 25 days to 45 days, yeah. how much of an impact does that have on teams? I think it's made it harder uh, for teams in today's game. First of all, you've got the hard cap. You can only retain 50% of the contracts. Um, and every uh, the majority of teams are spending pretty close to the cap. So there aren't mm -hmm. a lot of trading partners readily available. Um, 25 days, it was actually a 
former teammate of mine and my old coach and GM, Bob Ganey, who said it's not fair that to allow teams to really change the makeup of their teams with only 25 days left. Mm. So the GMs agreed to move the trade deadline a little bit earlier, and that's why there's, you know, you know, two and a half, what, month and a half left in the mm-hmm. season, essentially. Um, so it's a little bit harder, I think, to to make actual hockey trades. A little bit easier, as we're seeing now, most of the deals are involving buyers and sellers. Teams are like the Ducks that are accumulating picks and young assets for for more seasoned players. And it's going to be an interesting postseason this year. I mean, we know how stacked the East is and how some of these top teams are going to be playing each other in the first round. And then you look at the West and it's a little bit of a different story, but the teams, at least in the East in particular, not just looking at that side of the NHL, uh, they seem to have been quite busy as they prepare for the the postseason. A lot of teams are going for it this, this <laughs> year. Um, I mean, the Rangers are going for it. The Leafs are going for it. The Bruins are going for it. The Devils, they're still building, but mm-hmm. I, I like the Timo Meyer deal. I think he really adds a lot to that team. But I, I think the New York Rangers, I mean, that's the luckiest team in the world, right? <laughs> I mean, when Patrick Kane says the only team I want to be traded to is the New York Rangers and they give up a conditional second and a fourth rounder to get Patrick Kane, that doesn't happen. Right. That only happens because Patrick Kane has a no trade clause and he could control, the player could control where he was mm-hmm. going to be going to. So that's a unique circumstance that benefited the Rangers. But the, there's a lot of teams and Tampa's just i mean they're still loaded with their top end guys mm-hmm. and and not over the hill just yet <laughs> and they've got that goaltender so it will be fascinating but you know in in talking with pat we we discussed the fact that there is a talent drain in the western conference that makes things a lot more open mm-hmm. as teams in the east load up and uh it, i i would imagine that that makes most gms in the west here quite happy because it gives them a better opportunity to get wins well, you already mentioned it, the Timo Meyer trade in particular. Yep. What did you like about him being a part now of the Devils? Just a different type of player than they have. I mean, they've got, you know, with Bratt and Hughes and Heischer, they're similar type players in that there's a lot of skill, obviously, and speed and flash to their game. But Timo Meyer is a kind of a bull. You know, he mm-hmm. can he's hard to knock off the puck. He's great at cycling the puck and protecting it down low. And it gives him an element that they don't have that, and he can play in their top line and their top two lines. I, I think he was a great ad. The other trade that I really love is Ekholm because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was interesting. I was watching, um, uh, you know, one of the Canadian shows that was covering the trade deadline, and Ryan Getzloff, was on it. <laughs> and I will our I will, new TV super, superstar. That's right. <laughs> yes, we're grooming, grooming Getzy. Um, and he had to go head to head. Ekholm plays against the opposition's best players, mm-hmm. and so Nashville, who had a lot of success against the Ducks in the postseason, a lot of it was because of Matthias Ekholm, his shutdown abilities. He's a guy that Edmonton did not have. I, Darnell Nurse, to me, is not as effective as a shutdown player as Matthias Ekholm is. And now they got that guy. And watch out because they got everything they need now in, in the West, I think. I, I think he's really helped that team. Did you think that might have been one of the best traits? I think it is the best trait. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in terms of a team identifying exactly what the fit is like the perfect fit i think he's the perfect fit so 
Yeah, I think Ken Holland, I think that was a big win for Edmonton. I think Edmonton fans can be happy with that too because it's potentially going to give their guy, their star guys a chance in the postseason this year too with how wide open the West is. Well, they're already, I mean, they went, you know, they went all the way and lost to Colorado, right? right. In the conference final last year. So they're knocking on the door. And this is a bump. This is a good bump for them. They think they got a goaltender now in Skinner that can can win games by himself if need be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's kind of stacking up right now. We know how explosive their star players are, mm-hmm. but you know, in in adding this one player, I think I think it makes a huge difference. We talked about it a little bit already too, but Patrick Kane being in New York. I mean, now with Chicago. It's a whole new era for them, a whole new picture story that they're going to have in Chicago, Uh, certainly a transition for them. And I can imagine that I saw it firsthand a little bit while I was in Chicago, just the frustrations that fans go through as, you know, you're rebuilding and retooling a whole team. Um, But it it is good for Patrick Kane, I think, to get this opportunity to be with a contending team at this point in his career. Yeah, he's got three cups. He mm-hmm. wants to get a fourth. So right. he's got an opportunity. It's really not that much difference um, when Corey Perry and leaves and then Ryan Getzloff leave mm-hmm. here. I mean, these were the cornerstone big name players that carried this franchise for a long, long time. And then they got on and father time catches up. Right. <laughs> and it's it's I don't think it's completely caught up to Patrick Kane yet. I still think there's some some good years in him, but there's there's no 120 point seasons left mm-hmm. in him. He's still a dynamic player, but I I don't think he's the frontline player, um, you know, in New York, and and that's a perfect situation for him at this stage of his career to be kind of that second level offensive star to support Sabanajad and mm-hmm. and and the rest of the group up front that can score goals. So. Um, that'll be an interesting one to me because, um, it, you know, I'm obviously a little biased, but <laughs> Igor Shosturkin has not been as good as he was last year. Hmm. He still has to be great. That team exchanges chances. So if Shosturkin is good, they've got a good chance. But if, if he can't get the level that he was at last year, I think that team still gives you too many scoring chances to go on a long, long run. Linus Olmark, on the other hand, has been really great for the Bruins this season and really a reason that they've been in so many games on the goaltending side. Well, first <laughs> of all, the Bruins have the best defense in the NHL. <laughs> I mean, if if you ask me to rate which defense I would like to play goal behind, it would be Boston. They've mm. got structure. They don't give up the quality chances that the Rangers give up or that Tampa gives up or that Toronto gives up. And um, it's a it's a much more disciplined team. Not trying to take anything away from Linus Olmark. He's been great. Mm-hmm. He's going to win the Vezina Trophy this year, I think, hands down, unless he gets injured in the last 20 games. But but that defense is absolutely loaded. And when they picked up Orlov, you know, the rich just got richer. Well, that's enough about everything that's happened around the NHL in the trade deadline. Now we get to have a conversation with the Ducks' newly acquired Brock McGinn from Pittsburgh. Hi, Brock. This is Alexis Downey with Duckstream alongside Brian Hayward. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're doing good. Uh, I got a question for you. Where are you and uh, how are you getting to Anaheim? I uh, am at the Pittsburgh airport right now. I just uh, got through customs and um, just waiting at my gate here to board a flight out there. So excited and I'm ready for it to go. 
I am sure you were hoping for this, uh, that it would happen. And, and now you come to a team that's in need of a, a guy with your services. So have, have you had conversations at this point with, with the general manager, Pat Verbeek, or with Dallas Akins? Yeah, Pat gave me a call after the deadline there, and he was uh, just saying he's excited for uh, me to get down there. And um, that's the same for me. I'm excited to go down there and uh, uh, put some good work in there and show uh, that they didn't make a mistake getting me. So I think um, I just want to go out there and work and play my game and um, just uh, bring what I can. And your brother, Jamie, was also here in Anaheim as a part of his career at one point. Have you had a chance to talk with him yet about, you know, what Anaheim might be like? Yeah, I have. I think uh, even just when he played there, um, I know he enjoyed it there. The weather's great. The fans are good. And um, so he's just uh, excited. We're both excited. And I think uh, I'm just ready to get there and get things going. Brock, you were talking about uh, playing your game um, for the fans who are listening to you for the first time. How would you describe your style of play? Uh, I like to be uh, physical and uh, bring a lot of energy to the team and then um, just obviously try and play a 200-foot game both in the defensive end and uh, contribute offensively as well. So um, I just want to come play a full 200-foot game and uh, try and help the team win the best I can. You, uh, you know, you're joining a team that has a lot of young players in, in the lineup and you've been around for a little bit now. Um, what do you think in terms of the experience that you bring to the table? Maybe some of the lessons that you've learned from veteran players over your own career that you might be able to impart on them. Yeah, I think that's just uh, the things I've learned throughout um, my time. Just some of the really good uh, leaders on groups, they put in the work every single day. And I think I'm um, just coming and um Working hard, everybody wants to get to the same end goal. So I think uh, if you just work together, I think uh, you can accomplish a lot and uh, get there someday. Well, we want to thank you for your time. We're excited to meet you. And uh, safe travels. Get here as quickly as you can. You're not going to make the game tonight, by the way, <laughs> against the Montreal Canadiens. So yeah, we, I might miss that one. Yeah, so we will, uh, we will look forward to meeting you tomorrow. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Brock, you might want to bring a Permani sandwich while you're at the airport, too, for us. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I honestly haven't even tried one. <gasps> oh, that's a he's shame. Healthy. He's healthy. He's too oh, healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Brock. Uh, no problem. That wraps up our 2023 NHL trade deadline special for the Anaheim Ducks and the NHL. Thank you for listening right here on Duck Stream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.